amazing life. The 30th of, uh, of June. My goodness, the month went so fast, didn't it? And so here we are on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And I want to talk about family today. I want to talk about uh, how to understand the development of children in, in your ministry to your grandchildren. And I have some experiences to share with you as to how you're going to win your family to Christ. Ephesians 6, 4 says, In you, Father, he doesn't mention mothers here, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up into the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So what he's saying is that children are to obey, but parents are commanded to use their authority to build up rather than to anger the children. I'm sure that's, that's something new there <laughs> in a Hellenistic world. In a Greek world, you're talking about something like that. So there is a line of authority in family that begins with God, moves to parents, and then finally to children. And coming from a Christian family, I want you to know that uh, my father seemed to be uh, the one that uh, would nudge. My mother would implement, and I would run. I don't remember how many times I got myself in trouble. You know, the superintendent came to our house to have supper. And, uh, and, uh, and Mama called us in the kitchen and told everybody not to really eat anything until he finally eat everything. When the superintendent finishes eating, then we can, we can eat. And so we had a prayer, and we blessed the chicken. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I knew that uh, that type of talk would not work because that discipline which three pieces. There's six pieces down there. It means I'll be lost. I'll be, I'll be without one. And so during the prayer, I stuck my fork into a piece of chicken. And I just finished praying. And when I did it, I snapped my, my brother's left hand. He was about to get a piece of chicken. It caused a lot of commotion. Matter of fact, I, I, I was put into the room. I didn't get any chicken because I knew that Mama would have Dutch pie. And I could eat a piece of pie in the night and be taken care of. And so she walks with a pie and said, Well, I don't remember what he said, but let me see if I can get it together. She said, Those of you who do not eat chicken can't get any pie. Well, we're told not to eat the chicken, so, so it's all for the disciplinary. I'll never forget that. So the line of authority begins with God, the parents, and finally the children. One blessing seems to travel to the next person in the bloodline, meaning that if you are a parent and you have authority, spiritual authority over your house, the implementation of that authority could come through your mother, through your wife. It could come through an older child, meaning that the parents... The, the, the father uh, uh, plays a silent place in the family and tries to somehow implement but not to overdo it. It's very difficult to play that game of being in charge and not doing, doing uh, uh, the charging. 
So you can bless your family if you are honoring the next person in line in the family. Meaning, I'm in charge of my family. The next person in line would be my wife. The next person in line would be my son, Rick. And so the attack on the family usually begins with the children. They're the ones who are being attacked. They're the ones where the devil is causing all kinds of problems these days. From, from the point of view of sexuality to the point of view of education. So you can bless your family by honoring the person next in line in the family. That is why uh, we're having uh, so many problems these days with the family. Now, in both Roman and Jewish concept of family, the father had complete authority over the children in the days of Paul even able to kill them. And Paul here reverses the norm and focuses on the obligation of the father to rule lovingly and to raise up their children rather than beating them down. Because when you study Roman culture, you're going to be surprised in the way they minimize the children. So Paul had early discussed the issue of anger. Remember that in, in chapter 4, verse 26, 27? Uh, he, he says this, uh, I think it's chapter 26, 27, if I'm, not, if I'm not correct. It says this, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Meaning that you can be angry, but if your anger is totally out of control, you're going to sin against your children. And he says on verse 31, Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And of course, you know, uh, bitterness in this sense here, and wrath and anger, uh, it, it is a, a, a personality that develops within the children, within the family. I remember in the, my early days when I went to Atlanta, and I found out that uh, I had a problem with... Uh, some type of uh, glandular here that I had to take a medication to quiet down. And I'm on that medication now for the rest of my life. And uh, thyroid. And so I'm saying to you that correction of behavior is needed because if you don't, you're going to hurt your children. In the days of Paul, children were told not to anger their parents. But Paul begins to instruct parents not to anger their children, which, which was not accepted in community. Still today, parents are, are to make certain that the result of their discipline in the home is, is a stronger sense of self-worthiness and personal value on the part of the children. They're not to diminish their children to make them bitter and angry through mistreatment, insensitivity, Unrealistic demands. You know, we're talking about school, grades. When a parent causes a child uh, to, to live under pressure in order to excel in school, causes the child to not learn correctly because pressure is, performance is in control. And so we live in a world where it's very difficult to, uh, to deal with that. Amen? Uh, the key here, Paul says, is to bring children up in the training 
in instruction of the Lord. Paul intends for this to apply in two levels. The first level is practical discipline, necessary for everyday life. I'm talking about what to do, what not to do, how to handle situations with unrest, with a neighbor, with a family, with a dog, with a cat, uh, with, with the furniture, with the family, with the time and the meals, and, and television time, and sleeping time, and school time, and study time. There's a, a level of, of discipline there that can be very refined within the family. And some families don't have any discipline at all. Kids are left to do whatever they want, anytime they want. Watch TV until midnight. And then they can't get up in the morning and miss school. The next level is instruction in the Christian faith. Now, most families practice discipline necessary for everyday life. But man, they don't instruct their children in the Christian faith. And so I've, uh, I've been notified by my daughter that uh, one of my grandchildren was not doing well in school. They were having trouble with the teacher, with other children. And so uh, Sandy begins to deal with that boy. And Sandy begins to disciple the child and give attention over and above uh, what's normal. And uh, it took about a year. But I, wanna, I want you to know that that child is not rebellious anymore. How do you detect rebelliousness, you know? I saw a picture this week of one of my grandchildren doing this. I don't know what that is, but it don't sound good to me. What are they trying to say? Her faith and her expressions got to me. And so, Christian faith, it teaches concepts of the Christian faith. What do you mean by that? How to love one another. How to handle neighbors what is the cross? What is the death of Christ and resurrection and ascension? What is Pentecost? Tell me about the miracles. Tell me about what the Lord has done in a period of three and a half years. Tell me about uh, how to understand faith and the growth of faith inside of your life. How to get along with people who don't love you and don't care about you. You see, these are things that a family should spend a lot of time discipling them. I'm talking about sitting down and answering questions and arguing and ask questions and make corrections and spend a time in family discipling them. Families don't do that. We get together to eat, and after we eat, we run to TV. And so when he gets to 18, a child begins to have all kinds of problems in, in community. And it has to do because there's been no Christian faith, no teaching of any kind. Paul used... A verb here is called ekthrepepta. This verb translates bringing them up. Meaning, you just move them from where they are to where you want them to be. And you do a preparation uh, on the schedule. In 529, uh, when it talks about chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 29, talks about the husband feeding or nourishing his wife as his own body. That same quality of care is to be extended to dependent children. You can't quite uh, uh, be able uh, to deal with the situation with children if you don't have a program in mind, a concept in mind. Those that are homeschooled 
they have to follow a paragraph, a protocol. And it has, it's necessary to be tested at the end of the month. But there's no spiritual protocol. There's no spiritual upbringing. There's no spiritual time with the children, dealing with them, with these situations. And that is why we're full of problems. I want you to know that I was brought up in a Christian home. And my God and my father and my mother uh, spent a lot of time talking to us. I, I, I remember stories and ways that my father... Uh, dealt with. So the two nouns here render here is training and instruction. Remember, I, I shared with you uh, a few minutes ago, bringing them up in training and instruction of the Lord. These are two concepts. They're totally separate. For instance, uh, training and instructions have application both for lessons of daily life and for religious education. The first instruction is based on a, a Greek verb called P-A-I-D-E-I-A, padaya. From where the English language takes the word pedagogue. And of course, if you you understand the word pedagogue, pedagogue is a teacher that teaches how to teach. It refers to the whole process of training the child. There's a process. There's a way to do it. Each child is different from another. They're not the same. Joe is not different from Robert. Robert is a different thing. Robert has a root of, 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 of second child rejection. He, he's timid. He's shy. But, but the first child is bold and kicking everything and getting his way out of the, out of the grass and, and, and getting the ball and eating the first piece of chicken. So the process of training the child from infants to maturity includes discipline. If left to themselves, children will be rebellious. So it is necessary for parents to train their children. Now let's take a look at this. If you look in the Bible, you're going to find situations of family that didn't work too well. For instance, the Bible records the results of parents neglecting their children uh, by being bad examples to them and failing to discipline them. Now I want to get back to these two words that I said to you. And I, I want to training and instruction. Training involves discipline. Instruction divide, implies teaching. So I'm saying to you, you can't have a disciplined home, but you don't have a, a family that instructs the children in the Word. And you've got to correct that, because if you don't, you're going to have problems. Listen, uh, 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 I believe that uh, a lot of children are already showing signs of being ugly and mean and bitter and resentful and ugly. They will turn to alcohol and drugs very soon. I remember I lived in a house where the neighbors really didn't care about the gospel. Matter of fact, they told me not to come around because they don't believe in God. And I could see those children fighting with each other. I could see the parents holding two children to separate them from the bitter and the anger. Now, Oh, they're going to be football players. If they're going to be football players, but they're going to have a divorce also. They're going to divorce three times. And then you, parent, is responsible because you didn't, you didn't teach your children on, on how to get along. You don't believe that God can help you. So now you've got yourself a problem. Amen? Now, let's take a look at families in the Bible that had a tough time. For instance, David pampered Absalom. 
and set him in a bad example. And the results were tragic. I don't have time to mention the end of Absalom. Eli failed to discipline his two sons, and they brought disgrace and defeat to the nation of Israel. <coughs> Even Isaac pampered his saw. Why his wife showed favoritism to Jacob. And the result was a divided home. Remember, Esau and Jacob were divided until finally God put them together. Jacob was showing favoritism to Joseph. You saw that. And God, in a mighty way, rescued Joseph and made a man out of him in Egypt. But it took a work of God to, 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 to finally get Joseph to respond. And so Paul tells us that the father, in this case, has authority and responsibilities toward the children. You know, I, I hate to tell you, you go and have a child, and then you turn that child to your wife, and you disappear out of the blue moon, and you expect your boy to become a boy. When you reject your child, you don't speak to your child, you don't counsel the child, what happens is they begin to get their graces from the mother. Before too long, hello, mom, how are you, mom? And you say, oh, but uh, it's his choice. His choice, my foot. You deny your children the discipline and the love and the care, and now he's turning toward his wife, and it's not a personal choice or an agenda or something that happened to him uh, that, uh, that the heir is doing it. You did it. You must not provoke your children, Paul says. In Paul's day, the father had supreme authority over the children. When I read that, it really, really, really got to me. How Romans treated their children. Listen to this. When a baby was born in a Roman family, for example, they brought the child and put it in front of the, of the father. If he picked it up, it meant that he was accepting the child in his home. But if he did not pick it up, it means the child was rejected. It could be sold, given away, or even killed by exposure. Now think about that. Think about, in the context of the Hellenistic culture, think about how Paul is now instructing. Look. Paul told the parents, don't use your authority to abuse the child, but encourage and build them up. That's what Paul said. It's totally contrary to culture. The Colossians wrote in 3.21, Paul writing to the Colossians, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. I remember a time in my life when I was totally disconnected from family. It was a financial problem. I, I didn't have money to buy food. I was doing a master's degree at the University of Georgia in journalism. I had to drive from Warner Robins to Athens, Georgia every day. I, I had a Volkswagen. And I went through fields of, of, of a cow pass, pasture fields. And so when I parked at the University of Georgia, cow manure is all over the windshield. And, uh, and I had to wash it and clean and go to class and wash it again so I could get home at night. It was one of the most horrible years I've had. And I remember that I, one time mistreated one of my children. I just slept with my foot instead of correcting lightly. To this date, I can still remember. 
And I can tell you this, that child still to this date remembers it. Even though I apologize many times, I remember, I know that the child remembers. So how, what did I do wrong in that situation? I provoked my child to anger and be discouraged. So when you are going to discipline a child, the least last resort is the spanking. You've got to be very careful to be the last resort because there are other things that are much more painful uh, than, for instance, my mother would not give me chicken. She would give me fish because, see, I had a, this affinity with chicken. You know, if I saw a piece of chicken, I'd sing a hymn. You know, I'm just as happy as can be. I used to chew the bones. Even to this day, I chew bones. I just love that, that marrow of the chicken and... And so, and so, my mother had a ways of correcting me. There's a difference between provoking and encouraging. Okay? Provoking and inter- encouraging. So, they need time. You've got to have time with your children. And you've got to spend time with them discovering what's going on in their heads. You know, I, I want you to know that I have a, a daughter called Sandy Bonfim. And she is one of the most powerful disciples of children I've ever met. Fathers provoke their children and discourage them by saying one thing and doing another. By always blaming and never praising. By being inconsistent and unfair in discipline. You, 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 you use your hand too much. You use your foot too much. And when you show favoritism in the home by making promises and not keeping them, by making light of problems to the children. Uh, uh, this is very important. You, you've got to find balance in being a parent to where you do exactly as you say you're going to do and you spend time with the child. So Christian parents need the fullness of the Spirit. They need to be filled with the, with the power of the Holy Spirit so they can be sensitive to the needs and problems of their children. Now, the second is, you must nurture them. I want to go back here and take a look uh, 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 on the Scripture. Because uh, the word nurture, you must not provoke them. Isn't that what it says, John? Must not provoke them. And and, and second, uh, you must nurture them. So there are two concepts. Here's the text. But nurture them in discipline and admonition of the Lord. Remember that I told you about the verb bringing them up. Remember that? Bringing them up. Uh, which camera am I, John? I'm right here. Okay, Nur- bringing them up, nurturing them. The verb here is bringing them up. I shared this with you a few minutes ago. So, uh, praise the Lord. Amen. The verb bringing them up is the same word that translated nourished it in Ephesians 5.4. So Christian, uh, Christian husband is to nourish his wife and his children by sharing love and encouragement in the Lord. So what do you mean by a husband doing that? A husband needs to sit down with his wife, get a Bible, and talk about things that are important in terms of relationship in terms of the scripture, in terms of living, in terms of life. It's not nobody's gonna do it if the husband don't do it. 
You've got to sit down and say, let's talk about this. What does it mean to love one another? What is the concept of how does love extends out of the bed into the kitchen, into the cleaning, into the weekends? How do you handle those situations? Amen? It's not enough to nurture children physically. You give food, you give shelter, you give clothing, and then you just, uh, you've done your job as a parent. You must nurture them emotionally and spiritually. You know, I have a, a little granddaughter, and her name is, uh, is uh, Anna Kraft. Anna Kraft is very gifted. I'm talking about a straight-A student, A+. Plus. All of the children are straight-A students. But Anna Kraft is just gifted. She draws, at the age of six or seven, pictures that adults would not be able to do it. She's just gifted. And as I approach her, I usually get on my knees, and I try to get her attention down there. And I talk to her a little bit. And you know what she does every time I do that? She hugs me back. And it's a very fast hug, like maybe, boop, 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 no, she's gone. But when she hugs me, she's saying to me, because you came down to where I am, and you look in my eyes, and you talk to me, I'm a, I love you, Papa. Now, how Joseph and Mary dealt with the baby Jesus, let's take a look at that family. It says in Luke 2.52, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Let's take a look at that. Increased in wisdom, meaning his knowledge of scriptures, his knowledge of normal life activity. You know, you find a child who can open a, cannot open a can. You find a child who don't know if they're left-handed or right-handed. You find a child that watches TV hanging from the ceiling. You find a child that has no balance and normalcy on attention gathering. It's just moving from one thing to the other. You've got a problem. That child is not, is not normal because they, 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 they never finish anything they touch. And so, you've got to find a way to change that, but Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. What is his stature? Meaning, his self-esteem. The way he felt about himself. The way he stood in the midst of the community. Brought him favor with God. And people loved that small Jesus. People loved the way the baby, the boy Jesus grew up. Matter of fact, he got into the church went up front and talked to the elders, and they couldn't believe how much that boy knew. And so here's the balanced growth, intellectual, physical, spiritual, and social. Nowhere in the Bible is the training of children assigned to other people or to agencies, no matter how they might assist. Or the neighbor, you know, she's a nice Mrs. Roberts, and she loves to take care of the children, and she loves to come. No, that's your responsibility. No, no. In other words, you need to spend time. God looks to the parents for this kind of training that the children need. He must discipline them, another area. He must nurture them, and then he must discipline them. Talking about the father now. The word nurture here carries the idea of learning through discipline. Some uh, some psychologists today, and I, I remember when I went to 
last year in school, I began to read that the idea of discipline uh, is totally different. Many educators follow their philosophy. Let the children express themselves, they tell us. Don't try to change them. Let them be free. If you discipline them, you may warp their character. Yet discipline is basic principle of life. You drop the chicken, pick it up, put it in the trash. Whom the Lord loveth, he chased him. Hebrews 12:6. He that spareth him, chasten it. Him, he that spareth him, chasten it. Him diligently. Proverbs 13:24. So it's a, it's a literal translation. We must be sure, however, that we discipline our children in the right manner. To begin with, we must discipline in love and not in anger. Lest we injure either the body or the spirit of the child, or possibly both. This idea of hitting with the left hand doesn't work. I don't remember a single time my father slapped me. I don't remember a single time my father corrected me physically, harshly. I don't remember. You just get in here and, and I would go. But it's all all done in kindness. So I established a relationship with my father that was just as uh, kind and blessed and helpful. I spent time with him. Matter of fact, my job in the church was to be under the pew holding the water, uh, under the pulpit holding the water. And he would come by, he will just slap like this, touch, and I'll give the cup, and he'll drink it, and he'll put it back, and I'll hold the water. I was right there. <laughs> I remember my ears inside of the pulpit. And then I just go sneaking around and sit on the first pew and go to sleep. I, I was brought up. I cut my tooth, teeth on church pews. Uh, so if you're not disciplined, if you're not disciplined, we surely cannot discipline others. Flying off the handle, you know. Never made either a better child or a better parent. Flying the handle doesn't help. And so, I hope that you got something here today. Amen? I remember, I remember a saying in the old days, and I, uh, I like to watch cowboy movies. And uh, one of the cowboy movies that I watch is, is uh, Smoke, Gun Smoke. And there's a guy there called Festus. And Festus has all kinds of sayings, you know. You're, you're, you're deader than a fish inside of a salt barrel. And, uh, and, 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 and Festus says, I feel poorly today. And I saw him say something. He said, my father would use a cannon to kill a mosquito. I either get away with murder or I get blamed for everything. And so, what I've been saying to you today is that discipline has to be balanced and encouraging and always helpful. Uh, one, one girl said to me, I never knew how far I could go because parents never cared enough to discipline me. I figured that if it wasn't important to them, why should it be important to me? I hope that you got something today and I need to stop right here. This is Rick Bonfim. I'll see you next time in Jesus' name. Amen. Bye-bye. Aroma de Jesus Lírio dos vales 
cresce em beleza, força e luz. Rosa de Sarol, queima a impureza do meu ser. Brilha a luz que anunda o meu viver. 